0: you're listening to nick luck daily this edition is brought to you by fitzdares by the racehorse owners association and by thoroughbred racing commentaries global rankings good morning welcome to the show it's the final day of may wednesday may the 31st and still It is rather cool and a little grey here in TW11, but it is dry and that dry forecast remains throughout Derby weekend. But the weather over Derby weekend is not the primary concern of those running this year's Betfred Derby. Far from it. You'll hear in a moment once again from the chief executive of the parent company of Epsom Downs Racecourse, Nevin Truesdale, who is in in his own words, defiant mood. But first of all, here's David Yates, newsboy from the Daily Mirror. What are we most worried about this weekend, David? We're
1: most worried about the fact that Epsom is such an open place and it can be really permeated from so many different points, can't it? From uh, people who are looking to disrupt the derby on Saturday. Um, This really is shaping into... A, a remarkable and hi- potentially historic affair and and perhaps not for the, the reasons that um, we would have liked. The, the start time, the train strikes, the threat of animal rising, uh, they're all Uh, rather negative planets that threaten to align it's a good job that it's such a fascinating race this year and it genuinely is there is a sort of mood on my shoulders much the same as i felt in the uh immediate build-up to the grand national that you you feel that you're in some sort of citadel and that people are around you uh you can't see all of them and they're looking at various points in which to penetrate um and to cause disruption
0: All right, let's hear the latest then from Jockey Club Chief Executive Nevin Truesdale. Now, we spoke last Tuesday about the injunction that they were seeking. That was granted on Friday. We've talked about that. But more specifically, is Truesdale confident that this race is actually going to go ahead and isn't in any danger?
2: Yes, good morning, Nick. Absolutely right. Um, We are um, not leaving any stone unturned whatsoever in making sure that the 244th derby um, goes ahead. I think it was said the other day. We've run this race through world wars, um, and other uh, big sort of events, and and, and and find a way around those. I am very, very confident we will find a way around whatever's thrown at us on Saturday. Um, as you can imagine, um, you know every scenario, every contingency is being planned for in terms of any disruption that might occur. C- clearly, we hope it doesn't. Um, and obviously, the injunction we hope, um, certainly, we certainly hope helps deter people because there is a clear route to um, prosecution and possible jail um, for anyone who breaches that court injunction and I think animal rights need to reflect very carefully on that. But even if it does occur and even if people do end up on the track, um, we have very clear security and contingency plans in place to make sure this race goes ahead on Saturday. The
0: question I was asked was if people have paid to get in perfectly normally, perfectly legally, walk in, in their morning suit, then they then it then it becomes apparent that they might not be there for, for purposes other than other than watching the racing. What's the what's the procedure then?
2: Exactly the same, Nick, very simple. The the order couldn't be clearer in terms of anyone who does anything to disrupt the race or the or the passage of the horses out onto the race course or anything else that holds up the normal operation of the day in and around the crossing points onto the race course or the the parade ring, to come back to your point, with people in on the the grandstand side, the parade ring is included, with one of the areas included within this, then um, the the, the treatment will be exactly the same um, as if they'd come off the hill or from behind the gallops or anywhere else. You will never completely secure um, a site that is that open. I mean, we've been very clear on that. You will see when you come to Epsom that there is... Um, fencing going up around the perimeter um, quite a long way around bits of the perimeter in fact we've taken um, some of the lessons from the, the COVID year when we we're trying to keep people out for a, for a different reason um, to inform that um, but Surrey police have been incredibly helpful, um, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what we've agreed with them um, but there's certainly there will be a, a strong police presence um, in that part of the site as indeed there will be everywhere and, and I think that people would expect
0: how badly do you expect the train strikes, the rail strikes, to affect attendances, Nevin?
2: Yeah, those have had an impact. As indeed they had for um, for Cheltenham, um, and I'm sure they will they will impact on other events uh, such as the FA Cup final this weekend as well. So um, you know we've been we've trying to put contingencies in place for that um, with the sort of other uh, additional transport means provided, um, buses and so on. But th- there's no doubt that that has a, that has had an impact on us.
0: But is it fair to say you are still encouraging as many people as possible to walk up to the racecourse on both days, on Friday and Saturday?
2: Yes, absolutely, Nick. Um, there are tickets available. Um, obviously, it's possible to walk onto the hills. Everyone knows, but on the even on the on the racecourse Grand Sunside, we would we would actively encourage people to be walking up um, for what I mean will be. We haven't really talked about it on this interview, but will be an absolutely cracking two days racing. Um, and uh, you know, to, come to, to be able to come and access that sort of on the door is, um, is, is I think it's pretty special. So, yeah, we, we, would, we, we want as many people who can feasibly turn up as possible to turn up because um, we, are, uh, we are determined, we are resolute and we are defiant that this, um, this two days is going to go ahead as planned.
0: All right, that was Nevin Truesdale. Uh, David Yates is with me. Your reflections on that, Dave?
2: One is,
1: uh, in short, that Nevin Truesdale is very, very confident uh, that the derby will take place, but that is counterbalanced by um, another quote that is a a bit less positive, if you like, and he says, you will never completely secure a site that is that open. The Animal Rising have claimed that they will send up to 1,000 protesters. It's not just a question of the protesters and removing them uh, from the site. There's the possibility of of doing something to the racing surface as well. Those of us who watch other sports, I mean, we've seen Just Stop Oil at... Uh, the world snooker championship we've seen them at uh, the rugby on saturday obviously at the, the chelsea flower show last thursday too uh, we're becoming quite familiar with that wretched orange powder uh, that that gets uh, that gets thrown everywhere as with the snooker of course that was a surface where we, we can't just carry on having hoovered the green base. so they had to um that that evenings uh, play came to an abrupt end to the huge frustration of those who had paid to attend and stay in Sheffield and uh, the the, the the base was taken up and the table was relayed and that match took place a couple of days later when it was rescheduled. That to me is a bit of a worry, whether we might see uh, a pink powder scattered all over the track. Animal Rising have said that it's not their policy uh, to cause disruption during the races themselves. That doesn't account for uh, the people who might be off-message or or quote-unquote dissident uh, from Animal Rising, who might wish to do that themselves. Again, I don't wish to be ghoulish, but I'd note that in the, in the 1913 derby, um, it's always been a matter of debate as to what Emily Davison's exact intentions were. She, she died, I think it was four days later, after that uh, collision with ANMA, uh, the king's horse at tattenham corner um uh, she had bought a return ticket to london i think she'd made a verbal agreement with colleagues at the women's and uh, the women's social and political union to help out with a fundraiser that evening so her, her intentions whether she actually intended to tackle anma or whether she was surprised by the the speed at which the the horse's hurtled down uh, that horseshoe bend uh, to tattenham corner is a matter uh, for well a century of conjecture what is for certain now is that we had this nonsense talk of uh, meetings and 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 uh, mood music that was a, of a more conciliatory um nature between the two opposing parties a couple of weeks ago and and that rubbish about and en- enjoying the donuts which were probably made actually using dairy products um now we know where we are the sh- the 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 the, the the shadow boxing has stopped now and the, the, the battle lines, I think, are very clearly drawn.
0: I was going to say your imagination was, imagination was running right with you at one point there, but uh, it's actually not that much of a leap of the imagination. How much is the race itself, the 130 Bet Betfred Derby, capturing your imagination?
1: I think it's an absolutely fascinating race this year. Um, it's uh, it's all the better for being an open betting race that we don't have one horse from a, a behemoth stable that turns up and and, and bids to justify odds on favouritism. You know, we've got Auguste Rodin trying to bounce back from the Guinness flop. Uh, Passenger would be a, a great story for uh, Sir Michael Stout to win the race uh, back-to-back. The Foxes, of course, representing Andrew Balding and Leicester City, who last Sunday uh, were relegated from the uh, Premier League. That's all rather prosaic stuff compared to Sprewell, representing Jessica Harrington, of course, uh, who has been fighting breast cancer. Um, it's it's a fascinating race with Great respect to everyone else who is taking part here. There's one result that can lift us away from Animal Rising and the train strikes and uh, everything else that threatens to cloud uh, the 2023 Betfred Derby, and that is a victory for arrest. Uh, we've called on the Tory uh, so many times uh, to come and rescue us. This is the final time we believe that uh, we'll be able to do this with. Uh, uh, Britain's most important flat race and a victory for arrest would certainly uh, do that. The ITV coverage of course is due to switch uh, from uh, uh, to back to Wembley at 2:05 in anticipation of the cup final starting at, at three p.m. Let's hope that we can that the Derby will have been run and analysed by then. Yes, I
0: hadn't considered that. If if the protesters managed to affect a delay, then that could severely compromise the Derby's terrestrial TV window, short as it is on Saturday. As many of you will know, Aidan O'Brien is the leading Derby trainer with eight wins and counting. Nobody will be surprised if August Rodin, or indeed perhaps one of his outsiders, makes it nine on Saturday. His son Donica, however, might be the man standing in his way. He runs a horse who will race in the colours of Aidan and Anne-Marie O'Brien's Whisperview Trading Limited. A really well-bred horse as well called Alder, who's by Australia. And these are the reasons why Donica feels that he's got a derby horse on his hands.
3: Uh, yeah, we think, he's, we think he's a good horse. Um, Nick, obviously you never know about Epsom when you go there, uh, but he's got plenty of pace. Uh, he's well balanced. So,
0: uh... Tell me a little bit about what you made of his, his Chester run behind San Antonio. You went off favourite that day.
3: Uh, yeah, he, 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 um, he, he ran a good race. Um, he, got, he got trapped back a bit far on, on, on ground that wouldn't suit him. Um, as we know, it's been very hard to, to make up ground in Chester. Um, but uh, I thought he ran a, ran a solid race. I think I think the only time he's ever ran on on, on ground that was good or better um, was in Cork. His first run at this year, and, and that was by far his is a most impressive performance. So uh, everything about him tells tells us that he's going to want real nice ground. So it's a very good pedigree. It's actually it's the same pedigree as Pizbudie, actually that that that, um, that ran it for me last year. So uh, it's a very good uh, pedigree. It's a lot of quality back the whole way. So uh, that's never a disadvantage. It's the race that. Um, every every owner and, and every breeder wants to uh wants to win and wants to be a uh, competitive in so um no it's always it's always uh, very exciting to be taking part
0: are you definitive in your own mind and listening to what aidan has been saying and with your own knowledge of of the horse that that august rode is is the one to beat
3: um, I, I think it's i think it's a very open race um obviously you can't i think it's possibly hard to say that he's definitely the one to beat uh, coming off the back of his guineas run uh, when he ran no sort of race but we saw a little big bear that they can uh, bounce back to uh, a very high level um, on their next start um, after him then there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, it's very open Has uh, a lot of, lot of um, horses that, that have won trials and ran, ran, in tri- ran well in trials but um, there's a lot of question marks about, about some of them as well so um, it's a, it seems to be a very open race I thought the uh, I th- thought myself that the Dante looked like the best trial. Um, uh, Sir Michael Stout's horse, I thought, was unlucky not to win the Dante, and he looks like a horse that handles fast ground, and he's he looks like he has a bit of pace, and he travels. He might suit the race. So, um, if it wasn't for 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 the you know minor dads, I'd probably go with him.
0: Donnacha O'Brien, they're not completely drinking the Ballydoyle Kool Aid as regards August Rodin being the the absolute key danger, and certainly showing some respect the dante form represented by the foxes and by white birch and by passenger he was unsure about white birch's suitability for the track however at epsom we've got the declarations now david yates from the mirror for the oaks and the coronation cup both of which will be run on friday smallish field for the oaks compared to what we used to sometimes
1: yeah that's probably about right nick we've got 11 of them in all um as one would expect the the um the principal horses have, have stood their ground here. Um hot favorite, Save the Last Dance, followed by the Gosden pair of Soul Sister and Running Lion. Eternal Hope, of course, was supplemented for Godolphin and Charlie Appleby. Key point for me with the favourite. I think just how she gets on during the first couple of furlongs of the race because that seemed to be the the most difficult period uh, for her during the the Cheshire Oaks before she thundered home by 22 lengths.
0: And indeed, a, a missed break and a fluffed start arguably cost Emily Upjohn last year. There will be plenty who fancy their chances and they're not all powerful multinational owners either. Though Paul Humphreys has punched well above his weight down the years and he joins me now he's a part owner of Carnarfon who represents rookie trainer Jack Shannon who took over from his father Mick at the beginning of the season Paul just tell us how it all all started for you Um,
4: it's about about seven or eight years ago. Um, uh, we had a horse called uh, Go Well Spicy, where a, a few of us from the, the local cricket club um, put a few quid in to, to have a little bit of fun, and, um, and and we were very successful. She she was second a couple of times, and then won um, two two on the bounce, um, and, and she did really well. And we, and we kind of, you know, we, we got the bug so to speak. And, and since then, um, my wife and I have have kind of continued to invest in horses with. With with Mick and, and now with Jack. And it's been very successful.
0: Um so was it the cricket club that got you into racing or was racing an interest anyway?
4: It was. It's always been an interest of mine. Right from you know sitting on the on the on the arm of the sofa watching the Grand National um, when I was a little boy. Um, but um, uh, so so from then you know you get to a point where you can invest a little bit of money in in the sport, um, and um, and and we've had loads of fun. It's been it's been a real journey. We we're in the Guineas um, last year with Flash Betty. Um, she did fantastically well, given that um, she wasn't picked up in a, in a, in a cellar, um, and then she, she took us all the way to Newmarket um, in, in 2022, so it's been a, it's been a real journey, and uh, we're very grateful for all the work that Mick and Jack do.
0: Yeah, this isn't your first rodeo in a classic again for the third time in little over 12 months. That's quite something. You're absolutely right. It
4: it is. I mean, we we wouldn't have thought we would be in this position when we're, you know, um, racing 57 rated horses um, up and down the country on Wednesday afternoons to to then suddenly find yourself at Newmarket mixing it with the best. But um, it's been a fantastic journey. We've had such such a lot of fun with it.
0: And once again, as she was at at Newmarket, she's a, a little underestimated by the market. What sort of vibes are you now getting from Jack and and the team at at the Shannons about how she might fare in the Oaks?
4: Um, I I think she's probably... um, we, we, we don't know whether she's going to get a, a mile and a half. That's the that's that's the main thing. Um, but um, the way she travelled in the in, in the Guinness, I mean, she did really well. Turn she was finishing on a bit of a wet sail, although they went a bit too briskly for her. Um, we always thought that she'll she'll definitely get a mile two. Um, is whether she gets a mile four? We will we will find out in a couple of days' time. But um, there's nothing there's there's nothing in her background to say that she should. I mean, she's she's by Cityscape and. Um, um, so, you know, he was, a, a you know, the top class miler, um, so we're, we're stretching a little bit, but her makeup is, 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 is of a horse that looks like she probably wants further. So we're going into unknown territory, but I don't think it's, we're going on the wing in a prayer. I think we think that, that she's the real deal. And, and I know that Jack and the, and, and the team back at West Ilsley. Uh, are overjoyed with the work she's been doing um as they've been trying to just stretch her out a little bit further, and I think Jack's quite confident
0: and and you're someone for for whom sport has played a massive part in their lives you know you're a huge huge fan and and participant how How has racing changed changed your life if indeed it has? I mean maybe I'm being a bit grandiose there.
4: Yeah. I, I think it has. I mean, I I, I played cricket to to a, a, a decent standard, and also I played national league hockey for a number of years and when you get to your, your dotage and you can't do it on the pitch anymore, you, you, you try to live yourself vicariously through other sports, I guess. Um and, and it's replaced something for me, um, that, that I, I couldn't I, I could no longer do with, with me playing sport. Um so to go and support the horses, go to the yard, be part of a team again and and have some success on the field, so to speak. Um it's been really enjoyable, and um, yeah. You but know, my wife, previously to, to, to this, wasn't massively into in, into horse racing, and uh, and now we're out, you know, um, following our horses all over the country and have a thoroughly good time. We've met some amazing people, um, some brilliant people in small syndicates that we've become good friends with, you know, outside of outside of the racing. So it's really added to um, to, 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 to 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 everything that we do.
0: Paul, thanks so much for talking to me this morning. Very best of luck this weekend.
4: Thank you very much, Nick.
0: All right, David Yates back with me. David, I mentioned Emily Upjohn earlier on. Uh, We spoke to John Gosden about her yesterday on the podcast. He seemed quite positive, though said she'd improve as the season progressed. She's got four rivals. Who are they?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, this. Westover uh, heads the market, then Emily Upjohn Emily Upj- second in. Hurricane Lane, who stormed back to form, I think that even his own connections admitted that uh, he was drinking in the Last Chance Saloon uh, before he went to the Jockey Club Stakes at Newmarket at the beginning of this month. We've got the uh, resurgent point Lonsdale and also Tunis, uh, the German Challenger 2. So we've only got five of them, but it's certainly an interesting race from a betting point of view. Uh, The first four in the betting uh, are 72 or shorter, and Westover, at the head of the market, I I imagine it will be a horse who might divide punter opinion. I I think it's unfair to say of this horse that he's been um, unpredictable because he's really only got one Uh, blot on his CV that was when uh, he was most disappointing that that strange race that he ran in the King George at Ascot uh, back in July subsequent to that he's run six in the on very soft ground behind Alpinista and then he got closer to Equinox than anyone else at Maidan in March but given the 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 nature of the uh, the small field here at the head of the market I think there'll be a few people who are uh, looking to take West over on. One of those is trainer Peter Sheeran, who has Tunis in the race.
0: Tunis, a very high-class horse, and uh, a relation of Torquato Tasso, the Arc winner. You'll remember we featured Tunis when he went over to Japan for the Japan Cup. Liz Price was with him then. He's been, she's been with him this week as well, and caught up with the trainer yesterday. And this is what Sheergan had to say:
5: "It's yes, uh, uh, Tunis is a very good horse, and uh, he's very clever and." He make a good job in the morning, he every morning uh, travel very good in the morning and uh, at the moment it's good. He won one time in Germany this year he was second, and he needs to race and now he's more better and so we travel now to Epson.
6: Okay, so let's just go back to last year. So last year he won the Germans and ledger, so he's a horse who has a lot of stamina. And then he won the big prize in Munich. Another group won before he went to Tokyo. In Tokyo, things didn't work out. Just remind us what happened in that race.
5: Yes, um, the problem was in Tokyo. Um, he on the start gate. He had to uh, make a travel. He had no interest for going in. And make a travel. Uh, he was very nervous. And uh, the jockey say in the machine. He was so unlucky and he was start and he was not in the race.
6: So we can forget about Tokyo.
5: Yeah,
6: OK, so now um, he had his first start of the season. It was a group two. He was well beaten, though. He was beaten three and a half lengths. Tell us about that race.
5: Yeah, I think you need to race uh, in the morning before Cologne. The, he was second. He was not 100 percent in the morning, but he i training in Cologne, so I give him one race for, for condition, and after this race, I'm, I'm very happy. He make a good job, and so I think he has a good feeling for Epson.
6: When did you start thinking about the Coronation Cup?
5: My, I think uh, beginning after the last start, I think to the owner that there was not 100%, but the owner said, let's go to Epson also mm-hmm. after the last start.
6: Okay, and just remind us what kind of ground does he want?
5: I think he, the best form was of uh, soft ground, but uh, as he, he win on normal ground, I think he has no problem with every ground. He, he likes uh, good ground, to soft ground is good.
6: And do you think he can deal with the track? Obviously Epsom is a very special track. You here in Germany, you train on a very flat track because you train on the uh, race course of Cologne. Do you think he will be able to handle that?
5: Well, it's a test, but I think he's a clever horse and uh, he's, he make no problems in the morning and I think uh, he's good enough for the piste for in Ibsen. Also, when we, when we are placed, uh, we are happy. wind win is not easy, it's a very strong race this year, but I think we look for a good place.
0: German trainer Peter Schirgen there, bidding to follow up Boreal's victory in 2002 with success courtesy of Tunis in Friday's Coronation Cup. And our thanks to Liz Price, who was with Peter at his base in Germany yesterday. Now imagine you're a, a small stud with just five or six mares, and you get to Derby week, and you've bred a horse that is in the Oaks, and then 24 hours later, a horse who's in the Derby, and the Derby horse has a right chance as well. The Oaks horse, well, she started off life very promisingly. Maybe she's the forgotten horse, Bright Diamond, and the derby horse is ed walker's waipiro a half to waikuku they were raised and bred on the same farm riversfield stud in kilmacan county limerick by the molan family tom and geraldine and their son shane who joins me now shane i'm i'm so pleased that i was i was alerted to this story because breeding horses is so hard it's such a labor of love it's such an intense passion for you guys for you and your parents to to come into this week having all been credited with runners in the derby and the Oaks from just such a small pool of horses. Tell me tell me how that feels for all of you.
7: Um, yeah, it's very exciting, Nick. Um, it's hard to get our head around it, really. Probably won't uh, sink in until they, until Friday and Saturday there when they line up to run. Um, but yeah, it's all very exciting.
0: So tell me a little bit about the the history of, of the farm itself and, and how you all found yourselves there and, and your own sort of background in the game.
7: Uh, Yeah, my parents bought the farm probably 16, 17 years ago and um, Dad was into farming cattle and bought a few brood mares. Um, He would have been friendly with Druba Silvechman in Dubai so a few mares came from there and then they bought a few from Tattersalls and Goffs and uh, kept maybe eight mares throughout the years and there was a stud manager here for a long time. And then I fell in here about 10 years ago and... um, we cut back to maybe six mares and it's just gone on from there. Yeah, we've had some luck along the way and um, probably the biggest weekend of it all to come.
0: You make it all sound so so straightforward. You say you, you fell in. Was it always a, a dream for you to be involved in in this business from, from when you were a child? Was it always something that had gripped you, your family?
7: No, not at all. Actually, my older brother was always very interested in show jumping. He runs an equestrian centre down in Cork. Uh, Maryville Stables, and no, I was more into sports, basketball and soccer, and um, I had no interest in horses. I used to follow racing, followed uh, pedigrees a small bit, but I uh, never had any interest in the children jumping on horses. Uh, my younger brother was into hunting as so well and actually worked in stints with Yeoman Sound Stud and went to Australia and became a bull rider. And... Yeah, no, I was just doing carpentry and bits and pieces and the dad had mares here then so I started taking an interest in pedigrees and how they would progress and give the odd hand in and out and it just kept going from there.
0: You're very modest. The odd hand you've had in and out this weekend is manifest in the shape of Waipiro, who's already a half-brother to a horse you bred, who's a a top-level winner, an elite-level winner in Hong Kong, a horse called Waikuku. So, if nothing else, Shane, you've already got that on your CV.
7: Well, that's that's, yeah, no, that was um, that was exception. First mare I bought, first fall out of the mare, turned out to be a three-time Group 1 winner, so very lucky there. Um, but, yeah, no, it grew from giving the odd hand in and out over the years to me being here full-time, probably eight years now. Um, so, yeah, a lot of work in the last eight years, but it's really gone well now. So, yeah, hopefully now these can give a good run at the weekend.
0: So what do you make of Waipiro's chance? Ed Walker seems... Happy and, and confident. You've been following this this horse since he he emerged from his dam. What what qualities has he got? What credentials has he got from from your standpoint?
7: Um, I suppose if he follows his brother's credentials, he's uh, it looks to be honest. He looks to really race. Via when you asked him, uh, he was very green. Probably every day he ran, but um, when he was asked, he, I felt I thought he quickened up lovely. And I suppose it is only going to be a second run on turf. So hopefully there's much more proven
0: to come. Now he's he's by Australia so it's a it's it's not surprising that he should be a, a, on the derby trail. The filly that you've bred, Bright Diamond, now she's by El Kabir, you wouldn't necessarily have thought Epsom but as you reminded me, Andrew Balding's derby fourth from last year, Kayla was by the by the same scat daddy stallion.
7: Yeah, that's true. Um, I was probably trying to follow the money in Everline when I went um, to a, the to a scat daddy stallion. And um, so I didn't exactly think it would be a mile and a half, uh, Philly. Um, but I suppose the Stamina and the loose Pimpernel side is coming out there. And um I thought she ran a nice race in Lingfield and probably needed it. She came wide and was doing all her best work late. So hopefully um, it's a longer run in Epsom might suit her.
0: And so are you all coming to Epsom? That's the, that's the obvious question.
7: I am, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I hummed and hawed for a long time. I've booked the flights. um, I'm flying in Friday. Um, Dad, unfortunately, isn't very well at the minute, so he's going to stay here and keep an eye on the show. And uh, So, yeah, hopefully hopefully the excitement doesn't get too much for him. We'll have to put the red hood on him.
0: (laughs) What a tremendous achievement for the Molan family, runner in the Oaks and a runner in the Derby that they bred on their farm in County Limerick. All the very best to them as we head further afield now. And to the place where Waipiro's brother Waikuku did so well, Hong Kong and J.A. McGrath.
8: Still digesting Sunday's Champions and Chater Cup at Sha Tin. Romantic warrior was beaten by a Russian emperor. There was only a neck in it. But you just keep asking yourself, why did Zach Purton feel compelled to take up the running? especially when Romantic Warrior was on trial over the mile-and-a-half distance. Admittedly, he was drawn second from the outside, and Zack would never want to be posted wide, the cardinal sin for any jockey in Hong Kong. But would it not have been possible to try and get a bit of cover early and then start a run, say, half a mile from home? Zack usually goes forward and attacks when he's drawn wide, It's worked for him so many times, it's really no surprise that he adopts those tactics more times than not. But you have to say Romantic Warrior was gallant in defeat. He was beaten by a seasoned campaigner. He'd won the same race 12 months earlier. And please don't tell me Romantic Warrior doesn't get the mile and a half. He was knocked off only in the last few strides. Who knows, they might just hold him up next time. By the way, that win took Russian Emperor's career earnings to £4.8 million. When he was with Aidan O'Brien, he won the Hampton Court Stakes at Royal Ascot, worth £35,000 to the winner, and he was seventh in Serpentine's Derby at Epsom. He's with Douglas White now, and the former champion jockey turned trainer has campaigned him adventurously. He won £1.1 million for winning the Emir Trophy in Doha a few months ago. And there are now two Champions and Chater Cup trophies on the sideboard of his owner. Well, that was Sunday, but today we've got a nine race card at Happy Valley. It's a challenging meeting, I'd say, on paper. Uh, A good thing in race eight, number six, sixth generation, who's gone up 10 pounds for winning last time, but seems to have plenty in reserve. So race eight, number six. Uh, Sixth generation to win for Vincent Ho and the New Zealand uh, first season trainer uh, Jamie Richards. The other one to focus on is in race nine. This is a good race. The class two, uh, nine furlong handicap. And here, number four, Sword Point, trained by Frankie Law and ridden by Karis Teton, I think can go very close. This horse ran in all legs of the triple crown for four-year-olds and acquitted himself very well. He ran sixth in the derby and he was beaten just over two lengths. He's in cracking form at the moment and I think number four, Sword Point, can win the finale from number six packing award Take them in a tote swinger on that finale that's happy valley today and that's all on the hong kong beat this week i'll have more for you next week
0: thanks to all my guests today many of them as we launch into this derby weekend and tomorrow's podcast will come from epsom just before uh, i do the draw tomorrow from epsom we'll be doing this podcast Uh, that's to enjoy and coming from epsom again on, on Friday. So uh, loads to enjoy for the rest of this week. David Yates has got a tip for you for now.
1: Right, well, we're going to Hamilton Park for the 3.20 race, and it's number four, Lord Obama, um, a horse trained by Michael Dodds, was trained in Ireland uh, by Mick Halford, is, is gradually edging close uh, to a first victory. Today is the 11th attempt, and I hope that it will be a landmark after a neck defeat at Carlisle last time. Hopefully, Lord Obama can go one better here. 320 race at Hamilton Park, selection number four, Lord Obama. Great
0: stuff, Dave. Thank you very much. That was Wednesday, May the 31st. We will see you again from Epsom tomorrow. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with FitzDares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.